We are live. This is going to be one of the most fun lives that we're ever going to do because I have a special guest that almost matches me in positivity or optimism, or maybe she overdoes it, but her name is Risa. If you're in Israel, you don't need an, intro, an introduction, but Risa Gooding, she leads up Cacao Media, which I like to call Cacao. I don't know. I always hear like a, like a, a bird saying it or something, like a crow. Uh, so Risa. We're marketers and we have an obligation to be happy. We have an obligation to be an optimist. How do we do that? But before we get to that, tell me a little bit, who is Risa? And let's talk a little bit of a, let's give a really short introduction and uh, tell us what's up. Yeah, sure. So thank you so much, Noel, for having me on your show today. It is exciting that you asked me to actually speak on this topic. Because I think without me being positive, I would not be where I am today. And I wouldn't have friends like you today because you know what they say, you know, birds of a feather flock together. So positivity and positive people will not attract negative people. So it's That's a correct. pleasure to be here with you and it's a pleasure to have known you for all these years and work with you all these years. So thank you for inviting me. So as you I'm, said... My pleasure. But I want to disagree with you from the beginning. I okay. think positive people... Of course, attract positive people, yes. I also think positive people absolutely attract negative people in two ways. One in a healthy way, one in an unhealthy way, okay? <laughs> negative people, and by the way, this doesn't have to be optimistic that. It could be like healthy people, like let's say if you're very like into fitness, you attract mm -hmm. other people that are into fitness, but you also attract people that are not into fitness, and there are two ways. So here's what I'm gonna say. One is that there are those that say they're unhappy that see it and they know they want it and they want to channel, let's say, your happiness, your optimism, your excitement, and they want to channel it because they want to grow, they want to tap into it. And those people I have tremendous respect for. And then there are others, and I totally think it's subconscious, is that what they uh, is that what they do is they they resent your happiness. Yes. They hate your optimism, right? I don't want to go into the negativity. So I actually think, I mean, it draws attention on all sides, but just like success in general, right? You'll end up you have more people that want to associate with success and learn from your success. And you want to trade ideas with successful people. And then there are those that resent it and can stop uh, uh, following and commenting negative. You know, you might create some haters. So I actually, I don't know. I think actually optimism and positivity, you attract optimi uh, happy people and people who want to be positive people who aren't but want to be tapped into it those people i have the most respect for because they understand where they are and where they want to be is different where they are and they're doing what they can those people tremendous respect and then there are those they don't even know they're unhappy but for some reason it, happy people bother them I, i've i've gone through this much of my life i find a lot of people don't like happy people um uh, but anyway that's my opinion i don't know what do you think do, do you think there's something to that or or do i overthink things as i usually do Yes and no. So, you know, I love a quote that I always, you know, heard from Tony Robbins back in the days where he says, you know, energy flows where focus goes. So if you are really looking out for those things, you will end up finding those types of people in your life. And there will always be negative people in your mix. But if you're not focused on them, you just don't recognize them. It's either they, they literally fall out of your life by design or they, you don't even notice they're wrong or they change their attitude because you are so positive and you bring such radiance. So this is generally how I approach things. You know, I don't allow myself to focus on negative people. I don't allow myself, you know, even building my team. I am so particular in who I attract within my workforce and who I attract even as clients. 
I don't like working with negative people. I don't like the energy and I don't attract those people because I suddenly feel, find a way to weed them out of my life. So it's just, I think, where you put your focus and, you know, keep things concentrated so you get the best people in your life. Awesome. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, the the thing about that. So it's kind of like, you know, first trim out the fat and then focus on positivity. Um, yeah. But I don't know, I think often, and I hope, and just for those that are watching, we are going to talk more about how to be optimistic, not just about your marketing messaging and your attitude and how you can lift everyone around you, including the sales and uh, other people. And we have an obligation. We're going to get to that. But first, let's get out of the way. Those that uh, are, are unhappy or not, uh, or, or just miserable. I mean, uh, I, I find that uh, a lot of people, they, they don't know that they don't know that they're unhappy. They don't know that they, they, they don't know that they have this need. They don't know that they're off. Just like someone who has bad breath, right? And we're all guilty of this time to time. Like, um, you don't know you have bad breath. Yeah. And Or like you got something in your teeth. And like sometimes like you might see someone, you're like, I don't know them well enough. I'm not going to tell them they have something in their teeth. Because there's something about shooting the messenger. Like you don't want to be the one to tell the person. And then they kind of get, they're embarrassed or put off. And yeah. people don't like to work on themselves a lot more work unless it takes on your teeth or brushing your teeth. Mm-hmm. But so I think a lot of people don't want to tell these people. So these people are always around and uh, happy and optimistic and chipper people like you and myself. We just try to move around them. We know they're, you know, they talk a lot of shit and all that. I remember when I worked at Xerox back in Philly, there was one woman in the office who was so unhappy. And it drove me insane. And she went out to undermine everyone in the office. And my boss says to me, he goes, listen, all the management knows who she is. Everyone knows she's unhappy. You should just be blessed that you're not married to her. Imagine if you're a husband. I can't believe he said this to me. And I was like, and it just gave you perspective. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm so happy. Everything's great, you know? Like, what do I care? What do I care? That's not her life. And I'm not letting it channel me. It was one of those times. And And then another, Something very, very important there. Perspective, okay? You really have to, you know, understand that when you put things in perspective, that certain things and certain people just don't matter. So those people who are very unhappy generally have lost perspective because they're so busy in their dumb drums of their lives of what's wrong and never what's right, right? So. Right. So, oh, okay. So I want to talk about someone who's radically seen change the way I've seen happiness for years now. I don't know if you're familiar. Do you know who Dennis Prager is? Yes, of course. How do you know Dennis Prager? Because I looked at his YouTube videos and stuff like this. He's great. His Prager is great. So he has his book that came out in the 90s, I read, called Happiness is a Serious Problem. Mm-hmm. And it's all about, like, how to be happy. It's, it's straight up a manual. It's yes. amazing. There's really great things. And kind of back to the thing about the breath, he, he says that, like, you have an obligation not, for yourself, not to yourself, and that you do, but to others to brush your teeth. It's like you need to brush your bad breath away like for other just so you your breath doesn't reek okay and he says you also therefore have a moral obligation to brush your bad mood away if you're yeah. in a bad mood you're no one else should be a victim of your bad mood you have an mm-hmm. obligation to fake it and you do i mean you got it right if you're whatever and he also goes nice uh, so i think this and then he has this uh he has this theory. I mean, it's, it's, it's all true, but you know, he, he calls it the missing tile syndrome. So mm-hmm. if you walk into a room um, and they have, uh, this is more common in America, they've dropped down ceilings like those tiles, right? Or you can just think of tiles on the floor and you walk in and everything looks great. A huge ceiling, beautiful room. Everything is gorgeous, but there's a missing tile from the drop down. It's just like a black hole, right? Like, like dark. And then your eye is always going to look at that missing tile. That's all you're going to see. 
and we all have our missing tiles. So I have my strengths and I have my weaknesses. And there are things about me that like, I know I can work and improve on or I can't that let's say my missing tile, right? I have my shortcomings and I'll, I'll yeah. share them with you. Right. Well, one of my challenges is, uh, is weight. My, one of my greatest strengths, my weaknesses, my personality and other things, uh, you know, I wish I was taller. I'm below the, the than the average, uh, the height of the average man. I don't go in, you know, so it used to be that I can go into a, it would be years ago. Uh, I would, you could walk into a room and all, all you, some people, all they would see would be uh, other people's height, other people's weight. Um, it, it, if you're bald and you would just, all you see is hair or lack thereof. That's how you measure things. But we're always measuring things in the tile that we're missing. In reality, uh, we should be measuring the fact that look at all these, everything else that is perfect. We're all going to have our so-called missing tiles. Um, so, uh, so maybe you can be honest. Do you, what missing tiles do you feel you have? Oh, wow. Are you really expecting me to expose my dirty laundry now? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Of course. It's not, I, by the way, we all see each other's dirty tiles, but that's not what shines. I mean, like, okay, you, your accent shines, your laugh shines, right? These are all things that make like you unique, your, your great attitude, you know what I mean? Your, your optimism, your leadership. So these are the things that people, the actual see 99.99% of the time. Uh, but sometimes in ourselves, we see them. I shared some of my missing tiles. Where do you think one thing where you think you, which you could have been a little bit more? No, like you, sometimes I think I lack discipline in personal um, self-care, for example, you know, like you mentioned, you know, you struggle with, you know, sometimes keeping off your weight or eating in a disciplined way. So I'm like that. I love to binge eat. I love to binge snack, you know. Um, I love my um, tortillas and all these rubbish foods. So sometimes I have to be very conscious about not really... Um, getting too much involved in those things and trying to stay on a healthy path. Thank God I live in Israel, so the options are less. If I was in the U.S., forget it. I would be eating much more junk and I'll be three times my size. But, you know, living in Israel, and again, I think this is a perfect example of how you model the people you're surrounded by. Because generally, everybody in Israel, um, mostly, for the most part, eat a healthy diet. And, you know, they can have a salad as a whole meal. Where I come from, nobody has a salad as a whole meal. You know, they're like, no, we need rice, we need chicken, we bread, need bread, bread, we need carbs. Exactly, and I'm a very big carbs addict. So every everyone is a carbs addict. I mean, exactly right. That so, thing but, is dopamine full. Man. <laughs> you can you can roll up carbs and smoke it. Exactly. <laughs> So the goal is like, you know, when I'm in an office and stuff and I see everybody ordering a salad for lunch and I want pizza or pasta, then I feel bad and I'm like, okay, maybe I should order a salad too. Uh -huh. So how, you know, I got into the habit of eating salads as a whole lunch because I saw... But you, you see how... It's amazing. So, other, sorry to interrupt. Uh, I'm not sorry to interrupt, but I'm going to interrupt you. It, it, it's amazing to kind of go to saying like uh, earlier, how other people's positive thing, whether it's our attitude, our happiness, it yeah. actually it rubs off on other people. In this case, let's say eating healthy. And I think everyone can relate to what you just said. We were like, dude, I'm totally going to go for like, you know, the, the double, you know what I mean? Like the double hamburger with the fried egg and the onion rings. And then the person next to you goes, I'll, I'll have a chicken breast salad. I'm I, like, know. I was like, who the hell do you think you are? I was like, why did I invite you for lunch? Exactly. So, and this is it. I had to get. I was like, there's a burger joint. We could have gone to the salad place. Exactly. And I had to still get accustomed to that because every time I go with my Israeli counterparts, they would always do that, you know, order salads and healthy stuff. And I'm like, 
no, I want the greasy stuff, I want the fried stuff. Right. Limiting those things anyway on the menu. So eventually you learn to change your habits. <laughs> there you go. I don't know. It's just doing it over and over and over and over again. All right. So let's get into the conversation of marketers, right? So uh, so let's talk a little bit about first. Uh, I'm sure you have some things you share. You said you had some things you wanted to share. So I'm going to yeah. just open it up to you. Um, and so what do you think is one thing as marketers? And by the way, this is applicable to anyone. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, obviously our marketing, we're both, Risa and I are both marketers and we work with other marketers at technology and uh, <clears throat> technologies and large corporations and startups. So we understand the need for it. And we're feeling a little bit of the panic going on in a pandemic. Uh, I try to avoid the fact that there's a pandemic and why we're actually talking about this now all the time, because everything we're saying here is totally a, with the exception of let's say ad messaging um with marketing messaging and ad copy with the exception of that everything i believe that we're saying we're discussing here is relevant during any time uh, yeah. you know during the great economic boom that we had a month ago you know or or now with 30 percent unemployment so uh go ahead Risa. why don't you lay some of your uh, wisdom on us yeah, for sure. So, you know, when you asked me to talk about this topic, I really spent some time meditating about it. And I and I really found a way to break it down mostly into three main parts. Because positivity, everybody talks about it, but sometimes the way to apply it isn't always as simple or as easy as some might think. So the three parts I broke this down, especially for marketers or anybody, as you said, that should need this advice is that you have to look at first your personal growth. What are you doing to really grow yourself personally? Secondly is your professional growth, but as it relates to your work, right? What are you doing differently to make your work and to make yourself stand out professionally? And the third one is about your interpersonal relationships, especially with your colleagues, with your vendors, with your outsourced partners like ourselves, agencies. How are you being positive in those aspects? And I'll just give you a few tips about each of these areas, what I think people can be doing. And especially because I'm a marketer, you're a marketer ourselves, I did structure this for marketing people. But again, you can use it to apply to any area of your life or whatever job you're coming to, just find the parallel things fit. So for personal growth, for instance, one of the tips I always find is, first of all, surround yourself with positive people, as we spoke about. Now, it isn't always easy in real life because, first of all, we may have, as you said, negative colleagues that you come to work and you see every day, or you have a difficult situation where, you know, you're not feeling super comfortable at your company. But one of my tricks have been that I always look online for positive people. So I follow a bunch of people. You know, I follow Tony Robbins, Lisa Nichols, Deepak Chopra, Tom and Lisa Bilyeu. You know, I have a list of people that I constantly nourish my mind with. So especially in those dark times when I feel a bit slumpy or I'm not up to date, even driving in traffic, I'm listening to a podcast by one of these guys, you know? So this helps me put my mind in the right mindset before I get to the office or before I have to interact um, with things that are not positive. Amazing. Yeah. So, so you, you need to have basically, I mean, you, first off, I mean, we have an obligation to be positive, yes. but I guess we also, but in order to actually always be and be on our game to be optimistic, positive and someone that other people enjoy to work with, and therefore that's reflected in our work and our relationships is we basically need to have optimism and, posit and positivity. And I said this before in general, you need these things on, on almost like a drip. 
Like you need to get a continued flow of uh, you are what you consume. You need to continue to consume a lot more positivity regularly. Uh, so, right. So, you know, if you're commuting to work or formally commuting to work, your podcast and anything you listen to and whatever that you consume or however you or the books that you read and the articles that you read and the social media that you follow should all be positive. Yeah, exactly. So, for example, I don't listen to the news if I'm going to. Me neither. So, you know, you don't want that kind of negativity (laughs) in your life. So, I generally, every time I hear the news, it's from a friend or somebody WhatsApp something to me. I don't listen to the news. So, you know, these are the things you have to filter out of your life in order to really stay positive because you have to go, as I said, your energy will. The news is the worst. Exactly. it's the worst. My uh, my wife uh, deactivated her Facebook again the other day, uh, on, like Thursday. I don't even know because I don't really go on to Facebook sometimes just to post. I mean, Twitter is probably the worst thing in the world if you're on Twitter. I don't understand it. I mean, I do. I used to be active there like 10 years ago, but it's, it's probably the worst thing. Um, I've said this story before, but only because it's so relevant. Uh, last year, I was uh, getting an early cab to uh, the train station and Bardis Khanna to go to Tel Aviv for the day. And uh, the cab driver picked me up, and I opened the window. I'm sitting in the front, and uh, he turns on the like the morning radio news update. He turns it up like loud as as the person came on saying like the update. And I asked him to shut it off, and he looked at me. He's like, "Is everything all right?" Almost like I was mourning a loss. <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, yeah, I just I just went quiet." He's like, "Is everything okay?" I was like, "I was like, yeah, yeah, everything's great." And he goes like, and it was just he was like, he was so confused. He was like. Uh, he, he, he was like, "Why did you show Like, like he was like, "So you know, like I put it on. I thought you want to be updated before you start your day. What's going on? That's why I put it on for you." And I told him, "Thank you. Like I appreciate it. Let's turn it back on." And I turn it back on, and and I tell him, "Did you hear that background noise? It's like din and a din and while the woman's reading the news." I'm like, "This just made to get you angry." That's that. Like whatever they're going to say, I have no idea what they're saying anyway because I, I zoom, zoom it, zone it out. Uh, <laughs> But it's never positive. You know what I mean? Yes. I mean, it's not going to affect you positively. Even if, oh, the stock market's up, uh, you know, one and a half percent. That's not going to change anything. Or if it's down, like that's not changing my life. The truth is the overwhelming majority uh, of news, um, and that might be actually an exception of all times, is totally irrelevant and is there to get you upset. So you get more, they get more clicks and they get more eyeballs. So exactly. just remember that. And as marketers, you and I understand this better than people that aren't marketers. This is what they need, right? Just like, I mean, I've talked about separately. I mean, LinkedIn, Facebook, they'll give you a bigger boost to organic posts if you don't put a link in your post. Because if you put a link, you leave it, and then they get less eyeballs, they see less ad revenue. It's the yeah. same thing. They want to keep you coming back, staying on the platform, staying on... Keep your cable news on. Keep the radio on. Consume more ads. Uh, they have better ratings. Like this is all they want, and I don't blame them. This, <laughs> you know, these are their KPIs. If they've no one to listen to them, then there's no justification for being on the radio or TV. So uh, yes, stay away from. Uh, I think shutting off news is probably is the, the one thing you have the greatest control over. that will have the greatest effect on your mental well-being, your your hap- and your happiness. I agree. Totally, totally agree. And then what can you really switch this for? One of my other tips in that personal growth area, which kind of overlaps your professional growth, is to really understand that you have to be a student forever, especially in marketing. Things are changing so, so, so quickly that you must commit to learning one skill at least every month. You know, even if you don't have to do the job, 
one of the things I always emphasize with my team and even with my clients, and especially now you see during this time, everybody wants to do webinars in Zoom, right? But most people never understood how to run that before. Now, why is there such a craze of doing these things? And most people don't even know how to begin. And now they are now rushing to figure out how to do things. Or they would have to hire experts like ourselves to help them, which is all well and good. But, you know, one of my rules of thumb is never to outsource something you yourself don't understand to some level. So if marketers could commit to themselves to actually at least understand what one of their areas need to be, whether it's PPC, SEO, Zooming, webinars, whatever it is, you have to commit to yourself to learning it. A lot of marketers came out of their MBA and they had their um, jobs as marketers for the last 15 years, but they haven't kept abreast of what digital marketing is today and how it's evolving. And this is one thing I stress all the time that you have to figure out how to do it and to stay abreast of your skills because you will soon become irrelevant if not already. Because if your job sometimes fire you at this point in time, it's because you cannot, you have not really proven your worth. And you can only prove, you only get paid because you have some proven value. So you have to keep showing that what is your value as a marketer. And by to do that, you have to improve your skills. You cannot rely on what you knew 10 years ago, five years ago, or even one year ago. That, that's a great point. Uh, let me, I want to uh, add in uh, some comments we hear from some awesome people. Uh, first from Facebook, uh, Neri or uh, <laughs> it says positivity brings positivity. Forget about the haters. That's true. And hate brings hate. And just like gossip brings gossip. You need said clients are much more, you need Tenenbaum. Clients are much from a bon voyage. Clients are much more open to positive content now, less scare tactics, et cetera. Yay. Uh, what do you recommend to clients for positive content? I know you touched on that, and then we'll move over to the comments we have over in LinkedIn in a minute. So uh, what do you recommend? I'll let you go first. Yeah, you know, for positive content, first of all, everybody's on the craze of Corona and what Corona could be doing. And, you know, everybody's like hanging on to that bandwagon. But for me, positive content right now is to focus on what value your company could bring to a customer today and to your target audience, you know. So one of the things that I am, you know, working with on my clients is to understand how their product today is bringing value, but being sensitive about it and how they approach it. So don't just set up a drip nurture without understanding the current situation. So kind of updating your content to make sure it's relevant to today's time. But at the same time, knowing that you want to close business, but knowing that you have to be sensitive to what the current situation is. So your content has to be showing your value, but being sensitive at the same time and not pushing people to purchase. So wherever you can give away free information or wherever you can you know, give people a break or give a discount for them to use your products, this is the ideal time to do it. Excellent. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna answer on my own um, a couple of things that I wanted to bring up. Okay, so what I mean, I think first thing which we both touched on is you know cut out the haters, cut out the negative, cut out the news, so on and so forth. Um, I did mention uh, that what I would recommend, by the way, to uh, clients, the same thing I would recommend to any human being is, uh, I mean, first Dennis Prager has once a week his happiness hour. You can YouTube Dennis Prager happiness. You'll find amazing things. You should be reading about happiness and you should be regularly listening to uh, very positive and happy people. And also, if you see someone who's like upbeat, optimistic, ask them, why are they happy? <clears throat> and one other thing is, in my opinion, 
90% of the time we're in a less than average bad mood is because we didn't get enough sleep. So definitely sleep. I think getting sleep, getting a few REM cycles a night is, is very, very important. Um, and now uh, we have a bunch of comments on LinkedIn. Uh, Thomas says, uh, fake your mood, fake your bad mood. I love this. Uh, yeah, I agree. Thomas, he's hungry. Uh, what's up, Omri? Uh, hey, Karen. Uh, Karen Tamir gives a shout out. Gabriel says, hey, from Mexico. Todd gives a huge compliment saying that we're, uh, we're leading marketers, two great people to listen to. Mutti Sobel says, go Risa. You got some big fans over there over at, at uh, Easy Send. Mm. Uh, Helen said, there is such an emphasis on being genuine now. How does this align with recommendation? How do you align? So how do you, how do you, so there, there's true. So she brings up a great point. Like we should be proof that we're human and we're vulnerable, right? And that we are all struggling in a sense, right? Financially, business, even personal relationships, we're at home with our kids and financial issues. And we can't even go out. Like, so uh, how do you stay optimistic? You know what I mean? How do we emphasize that? But also we should be sure that we're genuine, we're human. And that we're going through a tough time as a society, as families, businesses, and as individuals. So uh, know, how, do, how do you have that balance? First of all, Great question, know, Helen. yeah, that's a good question in truth. So last night, just last night, I was listening, re-listening. So a podcast I listened to, well, not really a podcast. It's a video by a guy I really like, Dr. Miles Monroe. And he was talking about dealing with crisis. And I will send you that because it's a really good tape. But he was talking really about understanding that crises are like seasons. They will come to an end. They will pass at some point in time. But just like when you're in a season, you have to have the appropriate clothes. It's the same thing when you're going through a crisis. So for example, if it's winter time, you don't be in your bikini at winter time, right? You do put on a full coat because you know you have to protect yourself from the winter. So when you're in a crisis, it's the same thing. You have to pump up your positive intake. You have to look at more things, look for other um, places for inspiration. So one thing I've been doing right now to serve my clients better and to get more ideas is looking at how B2C brands are approaching this crisis and not only how they're approaching this crisis, but the things they have done in marketing before. So I usually you know, market to B2B technology companies and I'm always head down into that. But then one day I came across a podcast, CMO Moves, actually. And this podcast, you know, they really um, interview a lot of big CMOs from B2C companies like Procter & Gamble, you know, and Intuit and all these different types of companies. And I listened to their struggles, how they're building their marketing departments, how they're building their brands. And suddenly I realized, why are we not implementing some of these tactics in B2B? So again, just to summarize, my two takeaways are understanding first that this is a season we are going through. It will come to an end. You just have to make sure you're appropriately dressed for the season. And secondly, look outside of your immediate zone right now of where you're always looking for inspiration and ideas. Take a higher look, go outside of that and look at other companies, look at other industries. How are they dealing with the crisis? How are they dealing with general stuff in everyday life anyway? And see how you get inspired to bring those same types of tactics to your company. Awesome. And, you know, I opened up this conversation talking about my missing tiles, right? Me being genuine, my personal challenges, those that I can't control, like my weight, those that I can't, let's like my height and a bunch of other things. And we all have them. First off is, I mean, in general, always, I mean, I wear my challenges on my sleeve. I wear where I can improve my personal flaws, my shortcomings. I wear them on my sleeve. Like I, I can absolutely, you know, um, 
be uh, uh, what's it called? A, a self. Uh, I, I know how to, I know how to make fun of myself. Yes, maybe yes. because that's my strong comedic side. So I think that's what a lot of uh, what you need to do is just recognize your flaws and just embrace them. And like Gary Vaynerchuk says, is don't bless you. Don't focus. Uh, what Gary Vaynerchuk said is don't focus on them, but go all in on your strengths. Uh, you know what I mean? So like you should acknowledge them, don't hide them, but therefore focus on your strengths so you can be more positive, not on the things that are bringing you down. Yeah, uh, I, Nox, yeah. I must interject here and tell you that there was a Damn, MasterCard who actually said something similar to what you're saying. He said, you know, you have to learn to embrace the concept of progress over perfection. So sometimes right. you're so connected to being, as you said, having your ideal weight and having your bikini body or whatever, your beach body, but the point is you have to also celebrate your progress or celebrate. Right. Just exactly. So this is good enough. So when you do these little wins, it really helps you as well. Be a bit more positive and optimistic. Yeah. But which is why I weigh myself. I'm having trouble now. The battery of my scale died. I can't even weigh myself. I can't even go to a store to buy a new battery because when I see the progress, it helps you keep going. You yes. know what I mean? And then eventually I'm going to fit into that, uh, banana hammock that I'm trying, I'm trying to wear this summer if we're allowed to the beach ever. It's uh, a great point. Nero yeah. Knox. Uh, yeah, news have the worst soundtrack. Oh, I like that. He calls it a soundtrack. What's the soundtrack of your life? This thing, the sound, you think that like the soundtrack of your life isn't like what you put out? Really? I think it's what you consume. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm trying to be a little too philosophical, but it's true. Because news is, if you're consuming it, that's your soundtrack. I mean, what I consume is 95 other than all the calls I have with people that feel like this would be consuming on, on LinkedIn. So I, I love that. Thanks. Uh, thanks. Uh, Kobe Adinovich, what's up, buddy? He says, so true. Absolutely stay positive. Karen Tamir says, Risa Gooding, you're so right. I strongly believe in what you just said. I don't know when that comment was from. I don't know what you said. And we're catching up on comments here. This is my loving Karen. She uh, oh, she said, oh, wait, wait, hold on. She commented. Sorry. I'm referring to the learn something new every day. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. She's a very good student, by the way. This is she was one of my clients. And this uh, this woman learned top spot in less than 30 days. It was uh, incredible. So this is what I, I, I need to see more marketers having to do, because, you know, something like HubSpot is very new to a lot of marketers, but they're just afraid of the system. And it's just really taking me chances and doing it. And Karen has been absolutely amazing at doing that, seeing how she dives into the system, makes mistakes. Granted, trust me, she turns on some workflows. Sometimes I have to find her and strangle her. But at the same time, <laughs> I love it. So this is what's good, you know. Even if it's going to be a mistake, try it. <laughs> there you go. I, I absolutely love it. Let's get some more uh, uh, questions and comments. Ayala, she says, uh, Ayala Penrod, I uh, love the parallel, need the right clothes for a crisis. And, and that's true. You know, just like they say, you wear many hats. You know what I mean? Sometimes I got to be, <clears throat> you know, sometimes I got to put on my husband hats and I can put on my father hats and I got to put on my employer hats and I got to put on my, uh, you know what I mean? My service provider hat, yeah. you know, so it, it, it's the same thing. You know what I mean? So uh, I have, I have, I bought this piece of art in Pardes Khan, a really beautiful calligraphy of the 28 things in uh, Ecclesiastes, King Solomon wrote, right, right? There's a time to hate, there's a time to love, there's a time for war, there's a time for peace, there's a time to cry, da da da, da all in, in Hebrew. And because I really believe like there's a time for like everything, all okay. the positive stuff, there's a time for it. And all the negative stuff, there's a time for it. But you really screw up when you do things in the wrong time. Like when you should be mourning and sad and comforting someone, isn't the time to be making jokes something I can work on because I do like 
joking around a lot, right? Maybe of all those, but then there are times to be fun and cheery and you might be feeling gloom and you have that obligation to be happy, you know, to be cheerful. So that, uh, so, thanks for yelling. Uh, Ken Yoshua says, uh, quote, I'm going where the weather suits my clothes. That's uh, Grateful Dead. <laughs> uh, what song is that? Uh, I'm going to wear water to, damn it. Uh, damn it. Okay, anyway, if, if anyone can get me that song, let me know. I'm not going to Google the lyrics. I love the Grateful Dead. Oh, by the way, we, we should talk about that. Um, so I listen to some, I love the Grateful Dead. Um, I love Bob Marley. I love reggae, love Caribbean music. I'm sure you can relate. Um, and I'm a huge fan of Kanye West. Uh, <laughs> I love Kanye. So I liked him in college, but like liked him. Like I liked a lot of hip hop in college, but I got into him like a few years ago again. I just like... I mean, he's an artistic genius and he always like gets me going, finding that up. I go for a walk and I put on like one of his songs and like, like, uh, like champion, his music videos are great. He's so funny. Uh, so, uh, I mean, th these are just things that you can also consume. Uh, yeah. I totally overlook music. And by the way, music will adapt to you. So when, uh, Risa, you met my wife, um, she, we were dating and she, she, she broke my heart once we were dating. Uh, she split up and I basically like cried every single day and I couldn't listen to music for a year no matter what I listened to it was like really bad right if I listened to music I would cry it doesn't matter what it could have been Frank Sinatra it could have been heavy metal it could have been techno just you know music has that power over us and uh, so you need to know when to turn on and off these switches whether it, you know it's news shutting it off or where to focus the news or the podcast, which are positive, which are negative. Stay away from politics. If you're, I, I there's nothing more obnoxious, which is why I, I don't like Facebook much anymore. There's nothing that wrong with the platform and the platform is great. It's just the, the, the politics. Just yes. like no added value. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Like it, it's, um, or like, uh, whatever, I'm not going away. <laughs> I've gone into enough. Uh, the Hill of Moore says, uh, this is great. Well done. Uh, uh, Sherry Wright Palo says, just do it, which is, uh, which is the best slogan for any company ever is Nike's just do it yeah, is, uh, by the way, for anything, right. You got to get something done. You got to go for uh, a, a run, you know, the, uh, whatever it is, just, just do it. We spend way too long overthinking things. Okay. Let's talk about, uh, are there any of your other points that you feel like we want to go into before we move yeah, it over to, uh, messaging? Yeah. Sure. There's one that I really want to stress is about, we spoke, I mentioned about um, developing yourself professionally with your interpersonal relationships. And this is something new marketers are, again, guilty of. We spend a lot of time in our bubble. And over the last five years or so, we've been trying to have better relationships with our sales teams. And this is great because this is essential to us being successful. But what this crisis is teaching us, we need to add a couple more people to that bubble that we live in. And we have to get closer to FO. If there's nobody you get closer to after this period or during this period is your CFO. Why? Because now you have to be super sensitive to what the budget of the company is. And for you to actually stay relevant as a marketer, you have to show sensitivity into terms of how much market spend you have and how well you can do work with that budget. And it also will help inform the types of campaigns you have. So for example, again, some of us are deep diving into what we're hearing online. You know, everybody says, do webinars, great. But we just finished Q1, right? And Q1 started even before this crisis. 
how many of us are actually taking time to deep dive into our data right now and understand which channels are actually working for us. Sometimes we act in panic and we are shutting down everything. So some people have stopped doing their PPC ads, they've stopped doing marketing. But guess what? Right. Some of those channels might have been the best channels bringing in your best leads. But don't get focused on quantity. This is the time to focus on quality because you have to tie it back to finance. So you need to take the time right now that you have and really design your Q1 analytics to understand the quality of your leads and which channels brought you those quality. So yes, social media may have bought you 1,000 leads, but if all those 1,000 leads are junk leads, then it's not a channel you need to be investing in. But if PPC is bringing you some leads and you know you want to um, invest more because you're not doing any events, you can do more PPC ads right now, then focus on which campaigns, which ads, which copy is bringing you the best quality leads and then invest more in that. So this is where I am you know, stressing to marketers to not just focus on what you're doing, not just focus on the relationship with sales, but really have a call with your finance team right about now and understand what budget they are for to give you and what you can work with and try to work within that and some creative concepts. So this right. is a point I wanted to mention. Uh, a lot of creativity comes comes out of uh, out of challenges like this, and a lot of growth, by the way. And uh, exactly. I, I I want to have a whole conversation on actually what you could be doing right now to grow grow out of this. What I mean, as marketers, I mean business. I mean, there's so many inflation, so many radical changes. Moving to more digital, uh, moving to more assets online, consumption, content marketing. How to take advantage of the inflation that's coming, or the increased debt that's going to come, or there's, there's like so many things. Just, personal finance and for your business that we should discuss. Uh, you remind me of two sayings that you just said. One is that right, you should really focus on, don't just cut everything off, right? It's just like, a, uh, what are they? Uh, don't throw out the baby with the bathwater, which I use a lot uh, when it comes to optimizing. We're just trying to skim out as much bathwater as we can and keep the baby in there, right? Getting rid of the bad traffic and, you know, and uh, the, the, the target audience isn't just right on converting. And the other mm -hmm. one was that don't cut off your nose despite your face. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, I have cancer. Instead of targeting the cancer, if you're going to commit suicide, like that's not like we want to attack these cancer cells. You know, we don't so uh, focus on that. I mean, you, I didn't, I didn't cut up my credit cards. Well, you know, when obviously business became challenging. I mean, I went through line item by line item, see what I'm actually doing. It's like, you know, I didn't even know. It's like I was paying way too much for Hootsuite. I wasn't using the package I was using. I, I, I everything was one package less than Hootsuite for us and our clients. I we weren't using all this stuff. Like, there's just you can go into these things and start cutting back and cutting back and cutting back on things and literally have no difference. It's actually an opportunity um, to, to stay, to stay focused. Uh, a few more uh, comments here. Sherry agrees. He had no politics and there is, yeah. And there's no perfect. Uh, Jonathan Cohen, marketing specialist uh, says there, this is so refreshing. Keep going guys. Well done. Our pleasure, Jonathan. This is why we do this by the way, uh, to help give value. So many people have helped Reese and I, so many other people have such a great positive attitude. And uh, Reese and I were talking before that it, it reflects positive, positively, uh, you know, our attitudes on each other, uh, not just one another and not just all of us here, but as a society. So keep the chin up, right? Just that so you're seeing a lot of people and, uh, you know, they're lighting up towers. I saw in New York at the Salesforce Tower of like clapping to like uh, of claps to support um, doctors, nurses, you know what I mean, um, to, to support them. People were all trying to rally behind and we wanted that optimism that we're here for each other. The, we should take this focus and when we rebound out of this, which we will, 
is that we continue that focus and you bring this sense of connectivity and this positivity and we should bring that on to other people 100 percent uh if anyone has any other questions or comments, now's the time because we're going to wrap up in a, in a few more minutes. Uh, let's talk about messaging. Uh, anything else you want to add before we talk about messaging and ad copy and how to be sensitive? No, we can get into that. Okay. Um, so uh, do you want to go first? Because I have a lot to share, but I'm sure yeah, I want to make sure you have the opportunity to kick off. Sure. No. So for me, again, you know, when I think of the messaging that I'm developing for my clients, or even when I do things, Two things I try to focus on. One is to make sure that my messaging is relevant and kind. You know, sometimes we have a scare tactic in our messaging a lot that we feel that if we tell people the negativity of what would happen to them if they don't do something, then it gets them into action. So I always, in the light of positivity, I always try to find the positive angle of my messaging. So you don't have to tell people, don't do this or else you will die you know, quote unquote, but instead do this because it will help improve your life in X amount of ways. So always try to find a positive angle of your messaging. Um, the next thing that I actually like to talk about in messaging as well is also, you know, positioning it in a very, um, you know, not being actually, not being extremely perfect. A lot of people, we get so stuck in the creative process of our messaging that we take such a long time to ship stuff. I must admit, sometimes, like even this week, I think it was, I sent out an email. Well, my team sent out an email, a newsletter email that had a mistake in the first line. And when I saw it, I freaked out. But the goal it said what in the first line? It said what? Say it again. It, there was a mistake. It just said. Um, a mistake. Yeah, instead of saying, hope you're feeling okay, it said, how are you feeling okay? So, you know, they had this text message, right? And generally. Wait, were they Israeli? <laughs> no, they won't, but they just won't. You know, everybody's trying to do a million things with their kids and stuff. So the focus isn't always there. But for me, I always tell my team it's better to ship something even though it's not 100% perfect. And That's I know correct. People disagree with me because they like to spend all this time going over stuff. But the reality is I don't have that time today because I have a two-year-old who sits on my face all day. So when I have to get things done, I just rely on my team to get that done and I make them find ways to double check themselves. But I accept that there will be mistakes sometimes, but the, the goal of the message must be achieved, which is I want people to sign up for my events. I want people to see how we can support them during this period. And that has been achieved. So I am willing to sacrifice one tenth of the mistakes just to make sure I get things out and I get what is the real goal. So again, my point here is to ship things. Don't get so caught up into the creative process that you take forever to approve something and it doesn't get out there. Yeah, it's a good point. You know, Blair has an interesting comment, Blair Carey. He wrote, people just need to keep doing the work. Basically, you know, uh, what reminds me of during World War II, was it uh, keep safe and carry on? Or yes. what was it? Yeah. And it, I mean, it's true in the sense your processes, your routines, whatever they are that they were when things were fine and you weren't on lockdown, you should try to continue them. And whatever your goals are, you should, you know what I mean? You, you should do what you can to uh, adjust them minimally. Uh, you do need to make changes to messaging only, only to the extent because uh, <clears throat> priorities are shifted 
during such an economic downturn. Like, I don't mean a regular recession. I mean, if it's a recession, I agree 100%. I don't think you should be changing our messaging, even maybe your pricing, barely, right? But I just think this is, this is like a meteor. You know, this is like, so we have unemployment higher than the Great Depression. Just be able to understand it happened in a week. Yeah, it's nuts. Um, so uh, so you, we do need to focus on that there. Stephanie says, uh, Stephanie Hartier says, sorry if I mispronounced your last name. It's time of unity and creativity with our own team. Oh, so this is so true. Tell me what you're doing if your team is doing anything differently. It's like we have scrum meetings every morning, our entire team, and every day, I mean, everyone's job, the responsibility, we all have to post on LinkedIn, everybody. So as a team, we post on LinkedIn, we engage, and we try to help and engage other people. We all took our profile pictures. We put a very thin orange circle around it, so like some branding and all that. What are you doing for like team unity uh, You know, that's creative? Well, you know, we have our weekly meetings as usual. So we have a weekly meeting every Monday, every Monday afternoon for 45 minutes. But, you know, besides that, we do have so much client work. So my team is like involved in a lot of maintaining the client work. So when it comes to Kakao Media, what I'm trying to get my team to do more is to, we are starting our Facebook live events. We started last week and we are trying to have each of the team members interview someone and let them give like valuable tips. So we have a speakers lined up for the next two months and we brought them from all different types of industries and stuff and knowing that we are a hubspot partner so we are focused mostly on marketing automation and how to optimize that we've kind of broadened our scope and you know we plan to invite different um different speakers on different topics so we can talk about ppc for example when we invite you we can talk about you know how to do better seo at this time we can talk about messaging. We just had a crisis messaging workshop led by one of our team members, Yoni. So we find different ways of bringing value to the team and bringing value to our audience mostly. Because at this point, yes, my team wasn't always involved as I. I was mostly the face of my brand and the face of doing everything. But I've learned and I'm doing my best now to expand that and let them each get involved. And trust me, we're going to have lots of mistakes. They aren't going to be perfect because they haven't been doing that for a very long time. Some of them, this is going to be their first time actually trying to lead an interview and stuff like this. But with my guidance and with my coaching, they are going to get better at this and they are going to you know, learn how to do it. But this is a time where I'm realizing that you have to take action. As Blair just said, the work must go on. And now more than ever, as you mentioned, just not everybody has to perform. It's no longer about just relying on one person in the team that was mostly the leader and doing everything. Everybody has to pitch in now and take um, part of growing and take part of keeping engaged with the audiences. So this is yeah, what we on our side. Yeah, so Jonathan Cohen uh, also, yes, always positive messaging. So I'll give an example. We have a client in the, in the, uh, in the travel space that uh, I thought would be the first to go and that we're doing well and strong. And we changed a lot of uh, for, for tourist attractions and locations. So, uh, you know, think basically everywhere that's closed, that would be a public view to go, you know, national parks, ski resorts, anything like that. Um, and, um, but the message is, how are we going to come out? What are you doing to come out stronger? Are you using your time now for not having, you know what I mean, having like empty parks and things? There's a lot of messaging you can do, you know what I mean, to double down and get stronger. You know, we're redoing our proposals now, right? We find mm -hmm. out we have a, 
you know, we did lose a couple of clients. We have a little free time on our hands. Uh, thankfully, we didn't have to lay anyone off or anything like that. But, you know, so we're fixing up our proposals. We're doing all these things. We're working on things. And so your ad messaging should also be working on. Um, so how can, when people aren't ready to make a purchasing decision or buy now, obviously, you want them to be ready for when things slowly do come back, that the messaging is right, that they still want to be in touch with you so they can reposition themselves properly, uh, even if they're the hardest hit things are going to come back. It's not a matter of if, but it's a matter of when and how, because things will be differently, particularly if you're in um, attractions and sites like that um, and, and public spaces. So how are we going to, how are you going to do that? And so it's important that you address your messaging to their new and changing needs, as opposed to cutting all the marketing altogether. That's foolish because now the market has changed and the needs have changed. So either you can be there to help them, which is another obligation that you have, is to support demand and to, and to help companies when you can. I mean, as marketers, any service providers, you have an absolute obligation to help people, to help companies. Companies, after all, are made up of people and voice to do what we can. Ad messaging should change to help them. Not about you bringing in leads, but how can you provide more value? Because when things does come back, whoever provides more value now is going to be able to provide more value now is going to be able to earn business based on that goodwill that they created for people. Yeah, for sure. For uh, sure. Rachel Morgan says, great point, Risa, not to get too caught up in perfection. We always like to say progress, not perfection. Um, you read uh, Eric Rice's uh, book, what's the, the Lean Startup? Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, if you're serving startups, you should absolutely read this, even though it's not personally relative, like not what we're doing data day but you need to understand your clients um so yeah i mean to talk about i mean if it's 80 percent, just send it out it's just it's good enough go uh i used to have analysis paralysis by the way i yeah. suffer from this tremendously you might people might because now i just don't care i mean i've gone from being really insecure to maybe too much the pendulum swung too much the other way now yeah. uh so uh, you know, before I invested in real estate, I looked at 80 houses before I bought my first house. And you know, I, wow. I was just too scared to make the purchase. And, yeah, this is nine years ago. But, um, you know, just to get an idea, I've also worked with someone that didn't think through things at all. Um, it was one of his flaws, but it would also say like, huh, I noticed a lot of things get done because he doesn't think and there's something to that to his credit he doesn't think so like he does things and she gets done well i would overthink it should i do this should i do that and this thing else will come up and i'll never get around to it and there was something about that i don't know if there's a balance to that like in between the two uh stephanie says yeah we're human not perfect uh better to send launch get the message and not postpone uh not not uh, and postpone nonstop looking for the tiny details because exactly into what I was saying. Awesome. Uh, before we wrap it up here, um, anything else that you want to share? Yeah. So I just want to leave all viewers with like three main tips, as I mentioned, you know, guys focus on your data. You just finished Q1. As I said, you have a lot of gems there. Um, note as marketers, our jobs are very fragile at this point in time because you know, they love to cut us the first time. So, this is your time to prove your value and your value will be shown through your data. So go over Q1 data and see the leads that you've bought in and come up with suggestions. You know, I keep posting a lot of things you can do um, on my on my and stuff. Try to use some of those tactics to understand how you can use that data from Q1 to improve in Q2. The second thing I mentioned during today's um, talk is 
make new relationships within your company. I don't think most of us as marketers have ever had a chat with our CFO. We don't really spend time talking to the CFO, talking to the head of product, talking to your customer service, the head of customer service. These are three relationships you must develop more as a marketer because you have to figure out how to really um, streamline your efforts now. So they will be in support of your efforts. You cannot work in a bubble anymore. Marketing has to work in conjunction with those various teams. So now that you've made the move to working closer with sales, now let's expand that to the finance teams, the product teams, and your customer service teams. And lastly, and but surely, again, as I mentioned, embrace your concept of progress over perfection, but don't you know sacrifice at least doing quality work at the same time. You know, so you do have to make sure your work is of a certain standard because it does represent your brand but do continue to do that. But actually I have one more point I want to mention is please people be kind to one another. Sometimes I go into some meetings and I meet some heads of marketing that aren't the nicest people to work with. You have to understand marketing is no longer just about you. You could never, one person could never ever pull off everything that is needed to run a successful campaign. So you generally have a team that you have to work with. You may have to outsource to agencies or different vendors. And it's important to really be kind to them, give them valuable feedback if they're not doing the things you do. Sometimes we expect people to read our minds. And trust me, I know because I'm guilty of that, that sometimes I give tasks and I expect people to figure it out because I have figured it out and I expect others to do the same. But they don't know always what to do. So you do have to take time off as a leader, as a head of marketing, as a CMO, to really explain what you're trying to achieve, really explain how to do things so your team and your vendors can understand the bigger picture and really execute the work that you want. So there's no need to be unkind and to treat them as, you know, you're not that smart and I don't know why I'm working with you. Some people get that vindictive. Don't get into that space, especially during this find a way to explain why they did what they did was correct but at the same time give your feedback in a very positive manner and you know i must share with you one trick last week you know i was having a horrible day and i my kids were driving me crazy i was shouting at them all the time and i literally had a call that was starting in five minutes and i'm angry and you know could you imagine trying to change your mindset from anger to Hi, how are you? How can I help you today? This is how you do. You know, it's hard, you know, and but I've learned that I can't bring my energy to professional spaces, my negative energy, especially. So even if I'm angry, the minute I am speaking to a client or speaking to one of my team members, I have to figure out a way to, you know, subdue that anger and come out as positive as I need to be. So as you mentioned earlier, sometimes you've got to fake it to make it. Yes, if you have to fake it, do fake your niceness. Do not bring your negative energy towards your team member. So these are my four tips, and I really hope people enjoy it. I'm here, you know, to help and give advice as needed. But this is what I would suggest. Amazing. Those are all amazing. By the way, uh, I'd support that. Um, this is more for, let's say, uh, for couples. But Dennis Prager gives this example in his uh, happiness book, and he says, if you're fighting with this, your spouse. And then someone rings the doorbell and you're open like, oh, hi, how are you? You know what I mean? You open the door, like, you know, and it goes to show that we, one, sometimes we're the worst of the people we're closest with. Yeah. Uh, and the other is that 
we think we're all riled up, but we can. If we just smack ourselves, we can just stop. So if so, I think if someone's in a bad mood or something's wrong with someone, like if you're close with them, if you work with them, if it's not normal in their character, obviously if it's normal their character, you should avoid them at all costs. Yeah, I would even consider changing employment. Um, is go up to them privately and ask, is everything okay? Uh, you know, so we, we got to make sure, we definitely have to make sure uh, to be kind. Um, to address another question from earlier, another thing that I'm consuming now, I'm rereading for the third time now, A Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Oh, I love uh, that too. I'm listening to the audio version of that. <laughs> are you, I, I, I never gone to audiobooks. I never gave it a fair shake. I, I got to do that. Uh, but I do most of my reading on Shabbat. Um, and then what... Um, so uh, in the end of chapter two, which I'm reading, right, uh, it's about desire, it's desire, right? And he has like six point plan, like how you actually have to write, like you have to write down like your goals and this and that. And, that. and like, so, um, and you have to become obsessed. So, I mean, if you're choosing that, you know what, I'm going to start being happier. And I'm going to do like Risa said, I'm going to double down on my close relationships at business with the CFO. And that also means you should double down your relationship with your kids and your spouse and all that because you're home more and you want to work on these I mean, if, if you want to do that, I mean, you need first and foremost work on yourself and you need to choose to be happy and you need to make that decision that going forward, I'm going to do whatever I can, noticing that I'm going to, I'm going to trip up. I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to yell. I'm going to argue. I'm going to lose my shit. But what we need to do is continue to be positive as people, as individuals, as marketers. And it's because we have an obligation, not just to each other, but for society at large and our families to keep our cool, to put a smile so everyone else will smile. Uh, Risa, thank you so much for joining us. If uh, they can find you, uh, Risa Gooding, you can find her on LinkedIn or uh, anywhere else you, we should send people? No, just mostly LinkedIn. It's the easiest and best way to connect with me. And I want to give a big thank you for all of our viewers and commenters, especially those that engage with us on our LinkedIn chat here and Facebook. We've had dozens of people uh, commenting. So big thank you. You're the reason we do the show for you guys. If you have any suggestions or things that you want us to talk about, for me to talk about in the show, uh, I'm looking to make a weekly schedule out of this, by the way, which will happen eventually. I'm still trying to figure things out. Uh, let me know. We're here to serve you. Keep smiling. Keep being happy. And remember, we have a moral obligation to be happy. Thank you so much, Risa, for joining us. Thanks, Yoel. It was great. Bye.